Electric Studios, from the first step to the final phase. Industrial and commercial electrical done right. Casey Hendrickson. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Do you want to thank R&B Car Company, locations in South Bend and Warsaw? R&B Car Company are your used car experts. I'm going to take you back in time for just a minute. And I'm only doing this because I want to reiterate something that I told all of you on January 7th. Do you remember me telling you, and I know that I've repeated this over and over again, not January 7th this year or last year, but you know what I'm talking about, January 6th, January 7th. Do you remember me telling you that there are multiple places around the Capitol where different things happen? One of the places people broke through the barricade and engaged in fisticuffs with the police. That was the most clear case of violence from Trump supporters. What was very weird about that particular scenario is as you were watching that happen, one individual was fighting with officers. A female officer was helping her fellow officers while the fisticuffs were happening. She gets knocked down. Other people who are protesters picked her up, got her to safety. And we're trying to stop the scuffle from happening. So at the very moment that you're watching this happen, now these are at the barricades some distance away from the Capitol. As this is happening, you're watching some protesters fight with cops, some protesters working with cops, and some protesters protecting cops. Then you had another situation where right there at the Capitol, the most viral stuff, windows start getting broken, people start breaking in. And that was started by, by not by Trump supporters. That was started by Antifa. They were actually called out for being Antifa by the Trump supporters who were there. The police did nothing. Eventually, they broke through the window. The crowd, you know, just sets off with the crowd mentality. But you remember me telling you about the other spot at the Capitol. The spot where the protesters assembled peacefully. The spot where the protesters didn't break any windows. They didn't attack any police officers. They didn't do anything. They were just protesting. And then all of a sudden, they got attacked by the Capitol Police. You remember me telling you about that? And I know that I've repeated that several times while we have been discussing this over the past couple of years. Now, I've had a couple of you come to me over the years and, and you know ask me about this, and I've sent you the video of it. I've had a couple of people come to me and say that they have friends who will not listen to this show because of what I said that day. And, of course, they don't actually know what I said that day. But very specifically, I've been criticized for that point, that the police, at least in one area, fired first. When they fired into the crowd, they may very well have killed one of the protesters, by the way, who had a heart attack. That was when the violence started. The violence started right there when the police initiated conflict. Now, I suppose we could debate about whether or not it was justified or anything else of that nature with policing tactics and what have you. The point is, in that area of the Capitol, the first blow was struck by the cops. It was not struck by the protesters. Now, why do I bring this up? Because body camera footage has been released for the first time. 
You can see the body camera footage over at American Greatness or at btmedia.news after the show today when I put it in the daily show prep. And in this body camera footage, it might as well just say, Casey told you so. I'm going to read to you from this article from Julie Kelly. Because you can watch the video, but I obviously can't play the, bit, the video for you, but you can go watch it. But I'm going to read from this article. It's not that long, by the way. The article isn't all that long. The video is quite a bit longer. But I just want you to understand what was seen in this video. And I also want you to, in the back of your mind, just keep, just keep in mind that when they initiated the attack on protesters, at least one individual had a medical episode as a result. One of the flashbangs went off, like, right next to them. I just want you to keep that in mind. That person died. They never talk about that. They make up that five police officers were killed at the protest. That didn't happen. But they always leave out the protesters who died. Body-worn camera footage obtained by American Greatness of a D.C. Metropolitan Police officer on duty on January 6, 2021, shows the chaos unfolding in real time that day and how law enforcement's response to the protest led to rising tension and deadly violence. Officer Terrence Gregg, an 11-year veteran of the force, testified last week in the criminal trial of Richard Barnett, an Arkansas man notoriously photographed with his feet on the desk of then House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's office in January 6, 2021. Nearly two and a half hours of video was captured by Craig's body-worn camera, providing an uninterrupted and shocking view of what happened inside and outside the building. Never-before-seen interactions with police and protesters bolster demands by House Republicans to release all surveillance video recorded by Capitol security cameras on January 6th, something that Republicans promised they would do and that Matt Gates and company secured in the vote for Speaker. And we've now heard that Speaker McCarthy is absolutely going to do this. Craig's video starts with a group of D.C. Metro and Capitol Police advancing toward the west side of the building at 2.30 p.m. The first physical breach occurred about 15 minutes beforehand. Capitol Police had used non-lethal munitions such as flashbangs, pepper balls, and tear gas on the crowd assembled outside on Capitol grounds for roughly an hour. The first time in department history that officers were ordered to use such dangerous crowd control devices on political protesters. Now, at this point, I feel it's my duty to remind you that this is not the first time that the Capitol has so-called been breached by political protesters. It has happened several times in history. And this is the first time that they've ever used these methods. Now, you can argue that the crowd is a lot larger this time. Okay. But this is not the first time that the Capitol has been breached. It's not the first time that protesters have gone into the Capitol and stopped business that day. It's just the first time that they've ever been treated like this. There is, a, again, a discussion and a debate about differences in those situations. But nonetheless, what I just told you is an absolute fact. D.C. police were ordered to dress in full riot gear, including gas masks, face shields, gloves, and ballistic vests. Under cross-examination by Joseph McBride, one of Barnett's defense attorneys, Craig admitted the officers were, quote, fully geared up before taking their positions. Craig also stated that officers carried a metal ASP. Now, an ASP is a, it's a telescopic collapsing uh, baton. 
So it's, you know, folds up about six inches or so, and then you just you flick the wrist and it comes back out. It's all it's all metal. They hurt like a son of a gun when you get whacked with one of these things. And rock and roll they did. The footage showed a dramatic shift in tone from the massive crowd assembled at the Capitol lawn as jackbooted cops arrived on the scene. Craig admitted as much. It was peaceful heading up to the Capitol, he told the lawyer. You can hear the noise and the sounds and you see the officers on the side. But chants of USA, USA quickly dissipated as the crowd grew agitated at the sight of police officers. Faces obscured while dressed in military-type gear forming groups on the upper terrace. At least a few SWAT officers can be seen mingling with local police at around 2.45 p.m. Now, at this point, I feel like you need to understand something. Um, if you've got a crowd like that and you're going to engage in crowd control, it makes perfect sense for the officers to be completely and totally kitted out to protect themselves. That makes complete and total sense. That shouldn't be a criticism. This does highlight, though, that the posture that was taken, that is what turned some people in the crowd angry. And perhaps violence would not have happened had the police not been there. But had the police not been there and violence broke out, everybody would have asked where the cops were. We also know that while police were there and people were breaking things, protesters were looking at the cops going, can you please arrest that guy? Please stop him. Why aren't you doing anything? This needs to stop. This is your capital. And the police did nothing. Police continued to douse the crowd with chemical spray, even though protesters were not attempting to breach a line of officers below. So once again, this is all captured on footage. Protesters are not getting violent. Protesters are not engaging physically with officers. Protesters are not destroying property, and the officers are dousing them with pepper spray. Craig entered the rotunda around 2.50, about five minutes after the fatal shooting of Ashley Babbitt, who we took over a year to figure out. She was trying to prevent people from breaching those doors. She was not trying to breach those doors herself. The area at first appears sparsely populated with protesters and police. In one scene, officers appear to be tending to the injuries of an elderly man laying on the floor. Physical and verbal confrontation started inside the rotunda around 3.10 p.m. as police forcibly tried to move, in, move the increasingly packed crowd out of the area. One woman yelled at the officers asking, do you feel big and strong now? And typical female response to this sort of thing. Does that get you off by pushing around a bunch of women? Okay. You get it. So this is all just captured on tape. She's clearly irritated. Craig walks throughout the building at parts chaotic and other parts relatively calm. One man approached Craig to explain the police took his cell phone and asked how he could get it back. Craig's answer uh, are unintelligible, impaired by the gas mask and face shield. Sir, I can't understand you, the man said as he followed Craig down the set, set of stairs. The guy then says, wait, is this the Capitol? Now, this is the guy talking to Officer Craig. The guy says, wait a minute, is this the Capitol? Are you serious? I've never seen it, the man says, underscoring the fact that many individuals had never been in the Capitol before and did not know where to go or how to exit. 
This is obviously a defense that has been used by many people. They didn't even know. Now, when you get into D.C., you can kind of see how this would be confusing when you start walking around D.C. It's very easy to pick out the buildings from the skyline. It's very easy to pick out the buildings on television. When you're actually on the ground, you have to understand the scale of these buildings. And I've tried explaining this to people who have not been to D.C. before. The buildings are massive. And it's very easy for you to just kind of not know where you are in D.C. If you're new and you've never been there before. So this is a guy who's like, hey, man, the cops took my cell phone. Where can I get it back? And he's like, stops. And he, wait, wait a minute. Are we in the Capitol? Had no idea he was even in there. Craig then takes a position outside of the building at around 3.50 p.m. amid a heavy police presence. Situation is relatively calm. Chance of we the people can be heard. Some police are again confronted by protesters. Are you all going to tear gas us? That's what one person asked. Uh, let's see. One D.C. Metro police officer nodded his head. It's we the people, not we the cops. Another man shouted at that point. Three Trump supporters were dead, either wholly or partially due to excessive force. Remember that we've got um, several Trump supporters who died that day. Because of the actions of law enforcement, we have no law enforcement who lost their lives because of the actions of protesters. When they tell you otherwise, they're lying to you. As Craig approached the mouth of the tunnel, angry shouts can be heard. You need to stop. Stop. One individual yelled at police. Several other men can be heard screaming for help while police spray more chemical gas into the crowd. At least three men and a few officers are seen dragging the lifeless body of Roseanne Boyland to the mouth of the tunnel. Her shirt is pulled up near her head. One man is attempting to administer CPR. Previously released footage and eyewitness accounts indicate that Boylan, 34 years old, likely died after succumbing to the effects of toxic gas spray by police in the enclosed space in what appears to be the beating while she was down on the ground by another D.C. Metro officer. Another thing that always gets left out, even though you can clearly see it on video. I'm going to continue with this coming up. This is all, for the record, I'm not giving you, like, eyewitness accounts here. Yes, this is a police officer's testimony, but this is all in his body cam. And this is all stuff that you were told was a lie and a conspiracy theory. Yet it's now officially a part of the record in court. We've got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Casey Hendrickson. News on 95.3 MNC, your breaking news and weather station. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Back to the new footage that's been released on January, about, well, from January 6th, I should say. Um, this is all part of the court record in, involving the trial of one of the protesters, and the body cam footage has been released. We'll get back to that here in a second. I tell you about Warren Chiropractic. So if you have neck or back issues and you're dealing with pain, uh, stop you know drinking the, the pain medicine and all of the negative health effects that come with that. Stop worrying about potentially getting injections or surgery. Talk to a chiropractor. Go to Warren Chiropractic. Have them do the assessment. See what they can do for you. People who tend to seek out the care of a chiropractor can avoid surgery. Those who don't tend to not be able to avoid surgery. So do yourself a favor. Give yourself the best possible chance to get better without having to go under the knife in the safest possible environment. Plus, I was just talking to Dr. Warren yesterday, and he was telling me about some cool new gadgets that he has coming that you're going to want to deal with. 
And it's going to be pretty cool. Uh, some of the new stuff that they're going to offer that, yeah, nobody else around here in a chiropractic office has. So it's going to be pretty cool to see that. When you walk into Warren Chiropractic, first thing you'll notice is that they've got tons of equipment that you just do not see anywhere else at any other chiropractic office. And that is because they treat the whole body. Go to warrenchiro.com, click on the new patient tab, and let them know that I sent you. All right. <clears throat> at 420, Officer Craig and several other officers suddenly rushed back into the building and marched toward the Lower West Terrace Tunnel, the scene of the most violent clashes between police and protesters. This is the same location where police are caught on camera beating a woman, uh, beating women, including Victoria White. As Craig approached the mouth of the tunnel, angry shouts can be heard. You need to stop. You need to stop. That's what one individual is yelling. Okay. At least three men and a few officers are seen dragging the lifeless body of Roseanne Boyland from the mouth of the tunnel. Remember, she's the one that uh, they're assuming that the way that they used the the gas spray on her um, caused her to suffocate. And then as she was on the ground, limp and lifeless, she was repeatedly beaten by a police officer and it's all captured on tape. She's bleeping dead. This is on you bleepers. That's what one man is screaming at the officers who continued to spray the men tending to Boylan as they were working on trying to save her life. Just so you understand, you've got people who are not being violent with cops who are trying to save this woman with CPR, and they are being sprayed with OC spray while they're doing it. Some throw items at the front line of police as Boylan's body is dragged face up through the tunnel and into the building. Physical confrontations with officers continued for another 20 minutes. Craig relayed his version of events to McBride. I saw the dead young lady and they dropped her right in front of me. They just brought her and said, hey, do your job and take care of her. After prosecutors objected to the line of questioning, Judge Christopher Cooper instructed McBride to avoid talking about the circumstances of people dying. Yes, the judge told them to avoid talking about the circumstances of people dying. Because again, you're not allowed to talk about other people dying, but you can talk about police officers who died, you know, weeks later, and somehow they died as a result of what happened on January 6th. Several men involved in the confrontation related to Boylan's death were arrested, detained, and charged with assaulting police officers. The Department of Justice and news media have carefully controlled the narrative, portraying protesters as the, as the perpetrators of violence rather than the victims while justifying the fatalities of four Trump supporters on January 6th. Uh, Boylan was officially pronounced dead at 6.09 p.m. And the D.C. coroner later claimed that she died of a drug overdose, a dubious conclusion given public evidence to the contrary. <clears throat> go, um, go read the article. Go watch the video for yourself so you can see some of the things that I've been telling you since the day it happened, 100% true. Of course, a lot of people removed from social media for pointing this out. MNC News Time is 3.31. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that last a lifetime. This is Michiana. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Um, well, yeah, I mean, you, you heard it during the news break. Jim Banks is running for Senate. I told you, I mean, it, it wasn't a secret. Okay. It's not like I had insider information, but yep. We, uh, we knew that he was going to be running, but, uh, you know, all the usual suspects will be out against him. Uh, national review won't like him. 
They've already attacked him in the past, you know, that sort of thing. You're going to have, see, this is the thing about Jim Banks. Jim Banks is, well, he's a, he's actually conservative. And as a result, Jim Banks doesn't have a lot of friends in, I don't know, what would you call them? Um, your traditional conservative movement, your swamp dwellers, whatever you want. The problem is, is that, see, here's the thing. There's conservative, and then there's people who have warped the definition of what conservative is. And the most common form of perversion of actual legitimate conservatism is neocon. And nothing wrong with being a neocon, but you're not authentically conservative if you're a neocon. And when you are treating conservatism as a religion-adjacent philosophy as opposed to a political ideology, you're, you're, you're not, I don't want to say you're wrong, you're just not adhering to the strict principles of conservatism. You're just not. And unfortunately, those are the people who most often try to act like they're gatekeepers of conservatism. If you don't believe this one thing, then you're not a conservative. That's not how it is. That's why I wrote the core principles and some myths of conservatism so many years ago, because there are certain things that are universal in conservatives, and there are certain things that are not universal in conservatives. And if you have those universal things, you're a conservative, period. There really isn't any gatekeeping. And, and there's a lot of radio hosts and influencers who come and go and that sort of thing who try to play gatekeeper on this. And there's nothing wrong with having those additional beliefs. It's just that those additional beliefs aren't what make you conservative. They're just compatible with the conservative ideology. So Jim Banks is one of those. He's really a conservative. And as a result of being really a conservative, the establishment doesn't much like the guy all that much. So he's made it officially. He's running for Senate. We expected that. Uh, what we're waiting to hear on is if Mitch Daniels is hopping in this thing. The rumor is that Mitch Daniels is interested. And if Mitch Daniels, according to um, some of the people that I have, which are much smarter at this than I am, Mitch Daniels is the favorite against Jim Banks initially, particularly in the southern part of the state. Does that mean that Mitch Daniels would win? Probably, well, I don't want to say probably, maybe not, but this is a, yeah, this could be a dogfight. It really could be a dogfight. Jim Banks, very popular here, not so popular around Indianapolis, not so popular or well-known in, in the southern part of the state. As I've told you before, um, Indiana is a red state full of purple Republicans. So, you know, we'll see. Uh, but Mitch Daniels may get in this thing. But if you ask me, Jim Banks should be the guy. Nothing against Mitch Daniels. I have always enjoyed my conversations with Mitch Daniels. He and I get along great. Um, I think he's I think he's a good guy. I don't have the complaints about him as governor that some of you do. Uh, some of those complaints, frankly, seem petty to me. But I also wasn't in the state. Uh, so I only I only got the benefit of, I think, his last couple of years. But I get along with Mitch Daniels great. And I think Mitch Daniels is is a good person. I think he's done a wonderful job at Purdue. But Jim Banks is the guy. Jim Banks is the guy that we need. We need people like Jim Banks in the Senate, period. And if you ask me, Jim Banks should be the guy. And I'm hoping that Mitch Daniels doesn't get into it. Um, I'm hoping that Mitch Daniels kind of says, you know, I don't need to be in politics anymore. I'm getting older and I can do other things and, and help people in other ways, which he's clearly done since he left uh, left the governor's office. But Representative Jim Banks did make his announcement, which we expected. 
Um, he's going to be running for my bronze open seat. There's still a couple of there's still a couple of things we're waiting on. All right, a couple of things we're waiting on. A couple of chess pieces are still out there that may get in this thing for governor and senate. But the general consensus is that this is Jim Banks's race to lose unless Mitch Daniels gets in it. And if Mitch Daniels gets in it, it is a dogfight favoring Mitch Daniels on the outset. That's the that's the consensus right now. We'll see. Okay? We will see. We don't we don't know yet, but Jim Banks has made it official today. Uh, so keep an eye on this one. This is going to be very interesting in this next uh, next election. Also, I don't know a, a ton about all of this, but what is what is Neil deGrasse Tyson? Is Neil deGrasse Tyson an astrophysicist? He is, right? Amelia, is Neil deGrasse Tyson a white guy? He's not. Amelia says he's not. Now, she's colorblind, so I don't know if I could trust her. Um, wait, you are colorblind, though, aren't you? No, you're not. Okay, you're not the one. No, no, no. Okay. Other producer was colorblind. Sorry. She started shaking her head yes, and I'm like, wait a minute. Was I making a joke, or, or was she the one that was actually colorblind? No, Tim was colorblind. Um, okay, so Neil deGrasse Tyson, I believe he's an astrophysicist, but he's a black guy, and that's weird. And the reason that that's weird, because some of you are probably like, why is that weird, Casey? It doesn't seem like well, the reason it's weird is because... Um, Professor Natalie Gosnell, because of course it's going to be a crazy lady professor, has declared that astrophysicists is a racist field. Uh, Amelia, who's the most well-known astrophysicist in the world today? Neil deGrasse Tyson, right? Um, How many other astrophysicists does anybody know? Zero. There is exactly one person in the field that anybody knows. And it's 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 not a white guy. So I don't know what Natalie Gosnell is saying. I don't know why she has to go share a name with a baby murderer. But anyway, she declared that astrophysicists is a racist field that itself is not unique. This is uh, Jonathan Turley. We have discussed how professors like Rhode Island professor Eric Loomis have declared math, statistics, and technology as inherently racist. However... Gosnell's reason is that academia continues to focus on, quote, individualism and exceptionalism. In other words, only white people can be individuals and exceptional. Wow, what a racist thing to say, Natalie. So this is the Colorado College blog. As an astrophysicist, I'm a product of institutions that are steeped in systemic racism and white supremacy, she says. Now, you just... You're a Karen and nobody likes you. Probably because you say annoying, stupid things like this, Natalie. The tenets of white supremacy that show up in physics of individualism and exceptionalism and perfectionism. Okay. Wow. Black people can't be perfect either. Wow, Natalie, you really have a low opinion of black people, especially for somebody who's, well, not known at all in a field where you're calling it racist, but the only person that anybody knows from the field happens to be a black guy. Anyway, the tenets of white supremacy that show up in physics of individualism and exceptionalism and perfectionism, it's either or thinking, and there's no subtlety. There's no gray area. I don't know. Does the field of study in astrophysics allow for gray areas, or is it, you know, science-y? Just throwing it out there. 
last I heard, things that are concrete fact don't have a lot of gray area around them. They just tend to be. You know, kind of like 2 plus 2 is 4. And anybody who says otherwise is a blithering idiot. Anyway, Jonathan Turley writes, The attack on individualism and exceptionalism is a growing trend. We previously discussed how meritocracy is racist and furthers white supremacy. And here, once again, I don't even know what this, this dip looks like. Oh, well, well, that's well, that's interesting. Why is it? Oh, wow. Hey, this is very strange. I clicked on because I don't know what her, her ugly mug looks like. And I'm assuming it's ugly because, well, she's a professor. Her name is Natalie. Um, I click on the link to her at coloradocollege.edu, and wouldn't you know it, the page isn't there. There's a 404 page, and an oops, you seem to have reached an error page. And really, it, it is um, Gosnell, dash, or Gosnell underscore Natalie underscore Marie dot HTML. So this is her official faculty page at Colorado College, and they pulled it down. I wonder why they pulled down her her picture from the the college faculty page. That's interesting. Huh. Could it be that Colorado College is By the way, is that a respected institution? Have you heard anything about Colorado College? It doesn't sound like it's respected, right? It's good to know that somebody you don't know from a university you've never heard of <laughs> is telling you <laughs> that the field she works in is super racist when the only person that anybody knows from the field happens to be a black guy. <laughs> um, yeah, so apparently they have, they've done pulled her out of all of this. Um, oh, I see a picture of her. All right, who wants the over-under on this? I did find a picture of her in a group of people. Are you ready? Yeah, she's a white lady. Oh, man, I'm shocked. Another pasty white liberal lady says that everything is racist. Wouldn't you know it? That's strange. How very strange. Colorado College Street pulled her faculty page down. Did she say something this stupid without having tenure? Or are they just trying to protect her identity? Because I don't think they know how the Internet works. Because it's not going to take any time to find her at all, but... I'm just throwing it out there. It's like, well, somebody's going to fact check me, and they're going to be like, no, Neil deGrasse Tyson is not um, not an astrophysicist. But it's weird because in Google it says world-famous astrophysicist Neil deGrasse Tyson. Maybe he's not black. Is he not black? Do we just not know? I mean, sometimes, sometimes, although he's hugely liberal, so it'll probably be fine, but sometimes we're told that if you don't act black enough, air quote, if you don't act black enough, then you are rejected uh, and you are forced to be in one of the other races. I haven't heard of that happening to him, though. I thought that he was okay. But <laughs> imagine being a no-name a no at a no-name university college telling people that you're in a racist field when the most famous person in the field, the only person that anybody knows from the field, Happens to be a black guy, and he's a household name. Imagine being that dense. But pasty white liberal women, just they, they always set the bar just a little bit higher for themselves, don't they? Got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Casey Hendrickson.
done right. Casey Hendrickson. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Where is the... There it is. All right. I'm looking for something specifically. Wait, does that image not work? Hold on. I, I just, I went to a link and it was like the states with the highest chance of you finding a relationship. And it's the one map of the country that isn't loading and isn't working. Well, that's annoying. <laughs> I was just trying. Okay, well, I guess I'm going to have to keep working on that for a little bit. I didn't get into a Friday. We were talking about possibly doing uh, a list came out here like a week or two ago about the um, basically the things that happen on a date that that's it's it. Like you never get another date if you if you have these things happen. That was an interesting list because of how petty some people could be. But uh, we might if we have an opportunity to go over that uh, a little bit later today. I thought this would be a perfect pairing of that, but apparently they're not going to let me do it. So yeah, guess we'll move on to other things, bigger and better things even. All right, don't forget uh, R&B Car Company located in South Bend, Warsaw, Columbia City. R&B Car Company are your used car experts. All right, um, <clears throat> I really, I feel like I need to talk about this, and partly because there's a lot of people on social media who are just getting the story wrong, but also because of the human interest aspect of it. Have you guys been following this policewoman in Tennessee? This story where this woman got fired from the police department in Tennessee because she had, uh, we'll call them extracurricular liaisons with at least six of her coworkers. She's a married woman. And <laughs> uh, her husband's apparently standing by her side. Now, she's been telling everybody that they're in an open relationship, but it's well known that uh, her husband's not, not really game for all of that. So... You know, he's he's got he's got some issues. He's a, a bit of a beta, but he's a police officer, too. That's you hate seeing something like this. Nobody should be treated this way. But this woman is just um, yeah, she's she's awful. So here's the. Here's the whole situation. Tennessee cops, including a married female officer, have been fired after repeated wild sex romps. A small Tennessee police station has been rocked by allegations of wild sexual misconduct after a married female officer allegedly had steamy romps with six male officers, including illicit on-duty liaisons. Uh, she also engaged in relations with some of the police officers and their spouses. Now, she's, of course, running around and telling, oh, we're in an open marriage, we're in an open marriage. But some of the officers are like, yeah, we don't really think that she is. Husband does not appear to be okay with any of this. But, um, you know, it's... I don't know the particulars of their relationship. I don't know. Uh, this actually came up. Michael Knowles was actually defending them staying married, um, which is a weird position, even from a biblical standpoint. But I digress, considering what the Bible actually says about infidelity and divorce. But I digress. You know, I said, you know, teach their own. You want to you want to hang out with uh, somebody who is not only going to jeopardize your safety, which she is but also jeopardize his mental and financial well-being, which she's clearly doing. Um, 
They go into some details about all of this. Uh, initially, she had denied the allegations and other officers had denied the allegations. Apparently, what had happened is uh, the mayor got a got an anonymous tip that this woman was basically running through the entire department. And the problem with that is that allegedly a lot of these encounters were happening on duty. That is the reason that she has been fired, not because she's active, shall we say. Uh, she wasn't fired because of that. But naturally, we live in a world where nobody actually cares to research anything. And so you're seeing a lot of videos that say, oh, she was fired because, you know, she's a promiscuous woman. It wouldn't happen to a guy. Well, a couple of the guys got fired, too. And the reason that they got fired is because, well, they had fun with her while on duty. Two of them engaged in activities while on duty at the police station. While on duty, her and several of these other officers sent photos and videos of themselves to each other while on duty. That's why they got fired. They didn't get fired because she's a woman sleeping around or anything like that. So any of you see that, you know, TikTokers or whatever, you know, writing stupid things or, you know, making dumb videos like that, that's not what happened. Several of the men got fired, too. Uh, the men who did not get fired but got suspended are men who did not engage in sexual activity while on duty. They did get suspended, though, but they did not get fired. So anyway, we go through this this whole story here, and I don't need to give you all the details of it, but you know, we know that she was involved with at least six of her fellow officers in this small Tennessee department. I don't know what's going on in this Tennessee town because this girl's like a five, maybe six on a good day with a couple of drinks in you. I don't know how it is that she's able to to do this with some of these other guys, but go figure. Um, each their own, I guess. It is, you know, rural Tennessee, so it's possible that she's a looker in that area. But the husband, this is the, the other thing. The husband works for another department, and he's sticking by her. Kind of may, maybe proving the point that, you know, maybe maybe she forced him into an open re- relationship, but she did all of this, and he's like, yeah, I want to make it work. Yeah, okay, cool. He's not happy. I mean, everybody has made it very clear that he's he's despondent about all of this, but he's going to, you know, try and work it out with her. Dude, big mistake, but I digress. Nobody's going to listen to me. Uh, what's going to happen is she'll get knocked up and then she'll take him for all of his money for child support. I don't know what the Tennessee laws are like, but in some states, that's how it goes down. I just She's going to ruin this guy at some point in the future. Uh, the husband of a Tennessee police officer is sticking by his wife after she was fired for allegedly having sexual relations with at least six colleagues. Now, they're saying allegedly in the article, but they've all admitted to it now. They all got caught and they, they've admitted to it. Uh, the Lavergne Police Department made national headlines this past week after Officer uh, Meg, I'm assuming it's Megan, M-A-E-G-A-N, Megan Hall was fired for allegedly engaging in relationships with uh, fellow officers, including while on duty and inside city-owned property. Again, that is why they were fired, not because she was promiscuous. Uh, the disgraced cop is also accused of sending nude photos and taking her top off at a Girls Gone Wild party at a sergeant's house. Which, you're off duty and you're at somebody's house, okay? Uh, Anyway, the scandal led to five officers, including Megan Hall, being fired and three others being suspended. So, just so we're clear, three men got suspended, four men got fired, one woman got fired. 
The small Nashville area police force was reduced by 12% after the department's internal evaluation. You realize this lady and everybody else being willing to entertain this lady dropped the police department's capacity by 12%. Now, in other news, if you're unhappy with your pay, you happen to be in Michiana, if you're a police officer here and you're not really happy with your pay, there's a good chance you can find a spot (laughs) just on the outskirts of Nashville. They might pay better. Uh, Despite the alleged infidelity, Coffee County Deputy Jedediah Hall, Megan Hall's husband, is sticking by his wife and is attempting to save the marriage. Because this guy, I'm assuming that this this dude does not have any male friends to guide him. That's what I'm assuming. He doesn't have a strong female in his life to help wake him up and say, no, this is wrong. And he doesn't have any any bros out there to help him kind of stay on the straight. Because he's clearly being taken advantage of here. But, you know, again... It's, I don't know all the particulars, but so his boss, the Coffee County Sheriff, Chad Parton, says, I don't know how he's doing it. He's more of a man than I am, but he's trying to salvage his marriage. I have offered and extended to him any resource that he needs. And all he says is, Sheriff, I just want to work for the citizens of Coffee County, and I love what I am doing. <sighs> Some people just need... Good men around them. Some people just need good men around them. This guy doesn't seem to have that, which is weird because he's a cop, and you'd assume that there'd be a lot of those guys in that department. But then again, a lot of cops were doing him dirty by doing things with his wife. Got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Casey Hendrickson. Up news, weather, and traffic during Michiana's Morning News on 95.3 MNC, your breaking news and weather station. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. A lot of interesting comments about the uh, husband in the Discord server. You should definitely go check that out. Join Discord and also join btmedia.news. Uh, some updates have been happening on the, the website. Uh, site search has been fixed. That was something that's been broken from day one. Couldn't really figure it out. Did finally figure it out today. And we got it taken care of. There's already anti-Mitch Daniel ads that are running on the internet that uh, he should not run for Senate. And to my knowledge, he has not made an official announcement. (laughs) But there's, again, it's it's kind of well-known inside political circles that Mitch Daniels is seriously considering a run at Senate. And Jim Banks making the announcement official today. All right, what do we got here? Oh, Jason's Automotive. Yes, I got to tell you about Jason's Automotive. So this is where we get our vehicles maintained, repaired, what have you. Anytime something comes up, we take them over to Jason's Automotive in Edwardsburg, Michigan, and you should too. They built up their reputation with word-of-mouth advertising before they actually started advertising on, on this show, and they have a stellar reputation in Edwardsburg. The entire community knows them. They give back to their community. They're very involved in charitable things and in Edwardsburg and the surrounding areas. They're good people. They're honest mechanics. They're not going to sell you on repairs that you don't need. And if a repair can wait, they'll let you know about it. They'll give you a quote for it, and they'll tell you approximately how long you can wait so that way you don't have to be forced into getting something that you're not prepared to pay for right then and there. Go to jasonautotruckrepair.com. That is Jason with a Y, jasonautotruckrepair.com, or visit Jason's Automotive on Main Street in Edwardsburg. And, again, let them know that I sent you. Okay. Um, Chelsea Handler is dumber than I thought she was. And that's a really low bar because I already knew that she was an absolute moron. 
So if you've ever heard Chelsea Handler talk about a serious issue, now I realize that she's a comedian. She had that late show where she was not even the funny part of the show. Uh, one of her sidekicks was the funny part of the show. And every time she had jokes bombed, she would just kind of go to him and he would do a little song and dance number and everybody laughed and giggled. Um, Chelsea Handler, she's not a bright person. And I'm not saying that to be a jerk or to be insulting or anything like that. She's just one of those genuinely stupid people. Whenever she tries to get serious about a subject, she makes a fool of herself. And unfortunately, we live in a world where if you are a celebrity and you're on TV or even if you're on the radio or what have you, then people tend to take your opinion seriously, even if you have no credentials and no reason for anybody to take you seriously. Chelsea Handler is one of those people. She's very political, but everything she says about politics is inaccurate. I don't think that I've ever heard her give an accurate take on anything. I'll be perfectly honest. Maybe she has. I don't know, but I haven't heard it. Do you remember when 50 Cent? Sorry, I didn't say that right. 50 Cent. Remember when 50 Cent? I always say it right, and now I said it like a middle-aged white guy. Remember when 50 Cent was going to be voting for Donald Trump because of, of the tax policies? Remember that? And you remember what Chelsea Handler did? She used to date him. Uh, Chelsea Handler basically publicly chastised 50 Cent. And Karen explained him into changing his vote because she was like, Trump's racist this, Trump's racist that. Of course, he's not. It's, it's preposterous. But she actually, she shamed 50 Cent into changing his vote and to changing what he was saying publicly about tax policy, which was very important to him and his business, right? That makes 50 Cent look even dumber because this woman is a moron. And she was able to convince him to change his vote just by publicly shaming him. And at the time, I remember pointing out how wonderful the imagery was of her saying that Donald Trump was racist. And yet here's a white woman telling a black man how he's allowed to vote and chastising him for who he was going to vote for. And well, you're a black guy. You can't vote for the white racist guy. Listen to me, the white racist lady. Didn't make any sense, right? Now, why am I talking about Chelsea Handler? Because she admitted that until she was 40, 40. She thought the sun and the moon were the same thing. I'll let that sink in for a minute. She thought the sun and the moon were the same thing until she was 40. And she told 50 Cent how to vote. And he listened. Alleged comedian Chelsea Handler has claimed to have believed that the sun and the moon were the same celestial entities until the age of 40 when her sister finally corrected her. How in the world did that conversation come up? Hey, she's a, she's a comedian. How do you know that this is true? I don't know it's true. Don't care. Handler, age 47, looks 64, made her startling admission to late-night host Jimmy Fallon ahead of her hosting the Critics' Choice Awards show this past Sunday. Handler gave no clarification as to whether or not she was joking, revealing that she believed well past her 30s that the sun and the moon were both the same. This is true. I didn't know until I was 40 years old that the sun and the moon were not the same thing, she said. Yeah. Um, she has a whole story about how her sister had had to correct her and told her to look it up and everything. I mean, it's pretty detailed if you're just trying to do a joke. And if it is a joke, it's a really bad joke. But then again, it is Chelsea Handler, so bad jokes are her forte. Um, 
Yeah. Just let that sink in. There are people who follow her and take her opinion on anything seriously. Just so we are crystal clear. There are people out there who take her opinion seriously. And she, <laughs> I'm assuming it's true, guys. I have, I'm, I'm just going to assume that it's true. I don't know if it is. I'm just going to assume that it is true. I also have an update on that uh, Hunter Biden paying $50,000 for rent. Uh, it's not accurate. He did not pay $50,000 for rent for that house. Um, this is actually connected with a commercial real estate property. Wanted to correct that. We've seen that story out there quite a bit. Um, basically, this is a background check application for an office suite at the House of Sweden, which uh, rents for $50,000 per quarter. Okay. And and this was a part of that. So this was not him paying um, $49,910 rent for the house that the classified documents were found at. So the original story on that was inaccurate. The paperwork is for a quarterly bill for a commercial space that he was renting and paying for. And it has it has been, you know, clarified. Uh, if you look at the background screening request of the document, it clearly says that uh, Hunter was paying rent to his. Uh, turns out that Hunter was not paying rent to his father on Barley Road, but that this was in fact the. For, it was and again. It, it says monthly rent on the the thing. I mean, you can kind of forgive people for jumping to conclusions here because the background screening request that this document comes from, uh, it does it lists the current residents. Okay, and then it says monthly rent as forty nine thousand nine hundred and ten dollars. Uh, but again, this is it, it's it's not that um, Hunter Biden never paid his dad forty nine thousand nine hundred ten dollars for rent. The form is dated late twenty eighteen. His security deposit and time of lease was um, was early twenty eighteen was when his lease was up at House of Sweden. And if you if you look at it, you can actually track his banking records with the quarterly the quarterly uh, rent filed for that commercial space. So. Again, the actual dollar amount does not appear to be for the house. The classified documents were found. It does appear to be for a separate area where he was listing the house uh, as his residence, but he was not listing his um, his rent per se. But honestly, people who made the mistake, perfectly justifiable. The way that the form reads, you can easily you can easily understand that there's a why people would make that mistake. So, just for clarification purposes, just in case going forward, it ends up being another storyline. MNC News Time is 4.31. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that last a lifetime. This is Michigan. All right, news, news lady Amelia. If I were to ask you in 2022, how many educators were arrested for child sex crimes, what would the number that you would give me be? 57. Are we just talking about one city? <laughs> yeah, but she goes, yeah, probably now. <clears throat> Nearly 350 educators were arrested for child sex crimes in 2022 in the United States. Totally not coming for your kids. I know that I don't do the early show anymore, but... 
We had a running thing. You can still see those videos on rumble.com slash Casey the host. Nearly 350 educators were arrested for child sex crimes in 2022. That's just who we caught. What was that Chicago number again? Because we just did the Chicago schools here. Hold on a second. I got to pull that one up because maybe she's right about Chicago with 57. (laughs) Uh, No, 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 not even in Chicago. Now, in Chicago, just for everybody's memory, between 2021 and 2022 for that school year, just the Chicago public school system showed that there were 772 cases investigating teachers for allegedly grooming, sexually assaulting, or raping students. That is in Chicago alone. Not Illinois, just Chicago. The office closed 600 of those cases over the past 12 months, uh, substantiating more than half of the claims. Now, keep in mind that that is just Chicago. This other report that we have is nearly 350 public school employees were arrested for child sex-related crimes last year. Now, given the fact that Chicago's numbers seem to dwarf that, there's a good chance that 350 is a low-ball number. After all, just the Chicago public school system investigated 772 cases. So I'm just giving you the... The basics that we have right now. The crimes of which these employees were convicted. So maybe that maybe that becomes the big thing is, you know, uh, convictions and that sort of thing. The crimes of which these employees were convicted range from child porn to grooming to sexual assault. There was a year-long analysis found that employees included K-12 through teachers as well as upper levels of school administrators. Five principals, three assistant principals, 290 teachers, 26 substitute teachers, and 25 teachers' aides were convicted. So these are the convictions. These are not the arrests. Just the convictions. Now, if you look at the Chicago number of the cases closed and the arrests made, which seem to dwarf this number, then who knows what next year is going to look like when it comes to convictions. Almost every single state in the country saw some sort of conviction. We already know that we have a couple in Indiana. We already know that. Just 16% of the crimes did not involve students, and the vast majority of the offenders were men, 82%. In one case, Eugene Pratt, 57, who worked as a former principal, elementary school teacher, and a coach, was charged with first-degree criminal sexual conduct in August of 2022 after assaulting at least 15 boys and young men. Law enforcement officials said that Pratt sought out positions of authority in the educational system so he would have easy access to victims. Mm-hmm. They go into smartphones. They go into social media contact. Again, why did we push so hard with the OnlyFans teacher and the band coach at Penn Harris Madison? The OnlyFans teacher was at Starbase Academy in South Bend. The band coach was in Penn Harris Madison. Why did we push so hard on those? Because they were steering students to their social media. And on their social media, they had pornography. That was the issue. It wasn't that they engaged in extracurricular activities in their own free time. It was that they were making that content public and available 
to students. That was the issue. This is pretty bad stuff. Now, speaking of Chicago, the Chicago school's audit report has also shown massive and widespread fraud with the free lunch program, also known as duh. All of the free lunch programs are scams. Even the ones here, they're scams. They do it so that way they get more money. Most kids do not need to have a free lunch or a free breakfast at school. Most kids are just fine without that. They have their own lunch. They have their own breakfast or they eat breakfast before they go to school, what have you. But I told you before, this is all a giant scam to make everybody a little bit more reliant upon government. A Chicago Public School District is faced with a persistent and widespread fraud by highly paid employees taking advantage of food stamp and state-subsidized health care benefits by under-reporting their income, according to a 2022 annual report. This comes from the uh, Inspector General, by the way. The report provides multiple instances where CPS staff fraudulently under-reported their income and received SNAP benefits while making their children eligible for free and reduced lunches at their school. So you got people who've got kids in their care. They then lie about their income. So that way they get their kids, you know, the, the free lunch program, and they're able to get SNAP benefits. They're all lying about their income. The school district stated that it has participated in a federal program for more than a decade and provides free lunches to all enrolled students, regardless of their family's income. The Inspector General report states that the eligibility of students for free and reduced lunches is important because it is also to the termination of other important funding streams for CPS. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's again, it's all a giant money laundering scam using taxpayer dollars. Now, in addition to this, Lori Lightfoot, a.k.a. Beetlejuice there in Chicago, um, she's been criticized because she actually solicited Chicago public school students to campaign for her and get extra credit. <laughs> if if you students campaign for my my uh, reelection bid, you'll get extra credit in that nice. Yeah, you, you know, why not? Why not go go get on a campaign, get some extra credit, and not have to have to worry about it all that much. Sure, why the heck not? They are. Get your kids out of public schools. I don't know how else to say it. Get your kids out of public school. Until this stuff ends up getting reformed, folks, this is the danger that you face as a parent. There is, in addition to what's happening at schools, and as I've highlighted before, just five years ago, five years ago, the Washington Post wrote a whole article about all of the signs of grooming behavior and inappropriate contact between faculty and your kid. And all of the signs you're supposed to look for so you can report it to the authorities so your child can be protected. Just five years ago, the Washington Post wrote that. And they took from data that was federal data from the Department of Education, along with several groups that researched this. They gave you all of the behaviors that are grooming behaviors and things of that nature. All of that stuff that you were warned to be on the lookout for because it was a danger to your child just five years ago is now part of the curriculum and is considered normal, and if you don't want it in the classroom, you're the weirdo. Then we get into the LGBTQ pedophile ring that is happening in, in the suburbs. You seen this story? Now, this is part one of a four-part investigative series at Town Hall 
Uh, I'm not going to be able to go into all of it. It's obviously extremely graphic. It's also pretty long, but I'm just going to start off with the intro to this so you kind of understand what's going on. A months-long town hall investigation reveals disturbing new details about the affluent LGBTQ activist couple accused of, well, assaulting their young adopted sons who are now aged 9 and 11 and uh, distributing homemade pornography of the abuse of these kids. Half a year after the shocking story made national news, Town Hall is the only outlet following up on the criminal case in Georgia that has since seen zero headlines written about it. We found that it's far, far worse than what was first reported. Not only did the married men allegedly rape the two boys who were adopted through a Christian special needs adoption agency, and we covered this story when it broke, but they were actually pimping out their children to nearby pedophiles in the Atlanta area. Recorded jailhouse calls, a trove of never-before-seen court documents, and testimony from a family member who spoke exclusively with Town Hall uncover the extent of the physical and emotional trauma that the two elementary school-aged brothers endured, as well as the red flags that the state overlooked during the same-sex couple's faster-than-expected adoption process. When you start going through this, and I encourage you to, just understand that you're going to see some pretty awful stuff, but... As you start going through this, you're going to start to see very clearly how a society that is hell-bent now on protecting groomers and how advocacy of protecting groomers and normalizing grooming behavior prevented these guys from getting caught sooner and allowed the abuse to go on and get worse, all because people were... No, you know, we can't criticize their lifestyle or they didn't want to upset anybody or anything like that. This is the type of thing that needs to be stopped. They are normalizing the abuse of kids for a reason. And we've been warning you about it my entire career. And others have been warning you about it as well. It's coming. All of the things that you were told they would never do, nothing would ever happen. It's all being normalized. That's why groups like Gays Against Groomers is so important. Thank God they're around. I wish that there were more people who are willing to stand up and protect kids like they are. But they even get attacked because how dare you sell out your own kind, right? And unfortunately, that that turns people also against other people who have nothing to do with any of this and want nothing to do with it. But you're all lumped into the same category. This will be in the Daily Show prep today. Again, it's disturbing. It's part one of four. But I'm telling you right now, as a parent, as somebody who's concerned about what's happening in our society, you need to read it. It's important. In the meantime, Faber's B Window has the extended B Energy Savings Program happening right now. All products are up to 50% off. Plus, you can get up to $2,000 in B Instant Energy Savings Credits, plus up to $1,100 in 2023 federal energy tax credits. All right now at bwindow.com. You can set up a free appointment and a consultation. Let Favors B Window know that I sent you to when you uh, sign up for that. I would appreciate it. They do not just brand new windows, but they also do siding, patio conversions, doors, patio doors, entry doors, storm doors, all of that. And they do bathroom remodel, showers and bathtubs, even handyman repairs and gutters. If you're looking for new gutters, they do that as well. Go to bwindow.com, set up a free consultation today. Let them know that I sent you. Got more coming up. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. 
Casey Hendrickson is offered through KFG Wealth Management LLC doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated. At INM, we're Power Michiana's Morning News. Weekday mornings 5 till 9 on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I'm your host, Casey Hendricks. And don't forget, you can watch the live stream at rumble.com slash Casey, the host. If you're new there, I've had a bunch of uh, new people hop on. Could you do two things for me? One, please hit the subscribe button or the follow button uh, so you can follow me on Rumble. I'd appreciate that. It's where we live stream every single day. We usually upload the commercial-free version of the show to Odyssey. At Casey, the host. But the other thing that I would ask you to do, because we've had a pretty good growth over the past week or so on Rumble, is to hit the like button or the thumbs up, if you will. If you could hit that, that would be a big help, especially with the new way that Rumble is doing things. I think it's it's going to help to have more people hitting that. So like right now, only a fraction of you have actually hit the like button. If you could all hit it, that would be great. Um, not just in you know comment in the rumble rants but everywhere else i would really appreciate that just trying to hack the system there and get onto that front page the state of wyoming i this is so based it's ridiculous the state of wyoming is considering phasing out the sale of electric vehicles by 2035 to quote ensure the stability of its oil and gas industry and can i just <clears throat> can i just take a step back here and just applaud I, <laughs> uh, do I, in principle, support banning the sale of electric vehicles? No. But the fact that they're doing this, that this is purely a bleep you to California and any other state. Specifically, 2035. And they've got several uh, sponsors here. Senators Jim Anderson, Brian Boner, uh, Ed Cooper... Dan Dockstader, Representatives Donald Burkhart Jr. and Bill Henderson sponsored the bill, SJ0004. In the bill, the group of politicians claim that oil and gas production has been one of the state's proud and valued industries. It is uh, creating countless jobs and contributing revenues to the state of Wyoming throughout the state's history. That's, you know, it's all true. A group also, the group also based their worries on a lack of EV charging infrastructure, which would make the widespread use of electric vehicles impractical for the state. That is also true because it is Wyoming. And like I said, these are things that can work in more densely populated areas. But when you start getting into areas that are not densely populated, you, do, you start to run into range issues. Not all the time, but sometimes. The bill praises gas-powered vehicles for allowing the state's industries and businesses to flourish and criticizes the use of batteries and electric vehicles due to the critical minerals contained in them. The bill also states that the minerals in the batteries are not easily recyclable or disposable, all true, and claimed that municipal landfills in the state would be required to develop safe and responsible disposal solutions for those minerals, also true. The bill then praises the oil and gas industry. It states, quote, the proliferation of electric vehicles in at the expense of gas-powered vehicles will have deleterious impacts on Wyoming's communities and will be detrimental to Wyoming's economy and the ability of the uh, for the country to efficiently engage in commerce. Got to tell you, I 
it, I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. I mean, look, you go, you go back to 2021, Wyoming is the eighth, eighth crude oil production state in the union. Okay. So they produce over 85 million barrels of crude. In February of last year, a study by Allied Market Research found that the global EV market will grow in valuation by five times by 2030. Now, remember, some states have gone out there and basically said, you know, we, we're going to ban gasoline vehicles by 2035. Okay, you're, you're, you're going to run into a problem when you do that. Um, now, again, there's some grandfather stuff in there. That's new sales and all of that. But Wyoming is basically saying, well, you know, we're going to go the opposite route. And we'll just see how that works for everybody. Uh, so I, I hope it passes. I really do. I want to see this pass because I just think it would be fun to have. At, in 2035, you'll have some states banning new gas vehicles and you'll have some states banning new electric vehicles. I really just want to see this fight. Honestly, just, you know, in, in 12 years, let's just have that battle. I just want to see it go down. But uh, nonetheless, congratulations to the uh, the representatives and senators there in Wyoming for for doing this. It's an epic troll. I appreciate it greatly. Um, again, it, philosophically, no, I, I don't think it should. we should be banning anything. Let the market decide. But nonetheless, I, I enjoy what they're doing because it really is just a giant troll. And they're doing it for the right reasons. And I can appreciate that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, rumble.com slash Casey, the host, rumble.com slash Casey, the host. Watch the live stream. You can also listen to the show live. Get the 95.3 MNC app. It is totally free. You can also listen on your computer at 95.3 MNC.com. Or if you want to use a different app, you can use iHeartRadio, what have you. Any of those um, FM streaming apps will pick up the radio station. And you can listen in your car or wherever you want to go. All right, we got more coming up. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's news channel, btmedia.news is the website for daily show prep, podcasts, and conservative news every single day. More coming up next. W's from the first step to the final phase. Industrial and commercial electrical done right. Casey Hendrickson. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. <clears throat> so breaking news here, uh, former St. Joseph County clerk Rita Glenn will not be charged in the, well, the surveillance video of her going into the room and throwing something away. She's not going to be charged. She faces no criminal charges in that matter, according to the Indiana State Police. Um Indiana State Police investigation is over. That focused on St. Joseph County Clerk Rita Glenn. No criminal charges against Glenn will be filed. The original complaint targeted Glenn and centered around election officials possessing and using multiple keys to access a secure absentee ballot storage area during the primary election of 2022. The complaint was assigned to a special prosecutor called for the state police to investigate. The special prosecutor concluded that there is not enough evidence that Glenn knowingly committed a crime. Rather, evidence supports Glenn acted in good faith to fairly and efficiently perform her duties. As a result, the criminal investigation is now closed. Uh, when you go through the paperwork, they kind of explain what was what she allegedly threw away. Uh, this, hold on, these, these rolls here. I had it, I had it saved, and then they ended up. <clears throat> moving them. 
Hold on a second. I'm trying to get the part of the document on there. Uh, let's see. Glenn states as follows. The day at question, May 2nd, 2022, 452. There were no ballots in that room uh, where the ballots are stored with the two separate locks. Those ballots were in separate room and being separated for central count on election day. I was destroying the end of the rolls of paper that come out of the unison's uh, freedom votes. The freedom votes sound an alarm when the paper is almost out. The absentee board removes, removes those rolls and replaces them with a new roll as not to run out while the voter is voting. These thermo, thermos rolls, thermos rolls um, were then destroyed to protect the integrity of the election since they have the court seal and box for the bipartisan initials. If everyone recalls, the voter places their ballot themselves in our county and seals them in them and then the yellow envelope. I then reached in the bin and scrunched the thermos rolls uh, to mark it permanently. Uh, Let's see. There's a follow-up email from Glenn. P.S. I forgot to mention that the empty cardboard rolls that the paper is on could not go to the recycle bin. Therefore, what you see was me placing them in the trash pile. Uh, So the cardboard couldn't go in, so she put them in the trash pile. That's what she's claiming. Uh, What this investigation doesn't really do is it doesn't really address the backup keys that the Republican Party was unaware of. And it doesn't address the the uh, people who are not authorized to grant her access to the room, granting her access to the room in there. Uh, They do say that the Republican who was supposed to be there to unlock uh, was not present and that um, that attempts to get a hold of him did not happen. There's another story to that as well, but. Um, So we still have some questions about the keys, but nonetheless, the investigation by the Indiana State Police is basically we don't have enough evidence that she did anything wrong. And uh, given that the other person wasn't there upon request, that uh, she acted in good faith in trying to execute her duties. I'm waiting to hear the Republican Party of St. Joseph County's official position, which, of course, their position all along has been they had keys that they were not allowed to have, which is what set off the original investigation. This investigation here doesn't address that fact. And just having people randomly show up with keys who are not authorized by the party to have those keys is still a problem considering the law. So this doesn't address that. This is purely addressing the her going into the room, Rita Glenn going into the room and what she was disposing of. Um, she's made a claim there. That's what the. Indiana State Police have concluded that there's not enough evidence that her claim is not true. And as a result, she will not face any criminal charges in entering the absentee ballot room. But again, this does not address the issue of the keys, which continues to be an issue. Um, I don't know if that investigation is still ongoing, but nonetheless, it wasn't answered in this document at all. This is a 21 page document on the case. It was just released this afternoon. So it does not address that. It, it, it basically says that somebody who we know is not authorized to have the key got a backup key that they're not authorized to have. And then somebody else in the office who self-identified as a Republican was somehow supposed to be good enough. Um, and they're, they've called that into question as well. So there's still some shenanigans here. No doubt about that. But as it pertains to the former clerk going into the absentee ballot room without any Republicans who are authorized to let her in and remove the Republican lock, um, her going into the room itself 
the Indiana State Police has said that there doesn't appear to be any any evidence or insufficient evidence that she was doing anything nefarious and that she was just trying to get the job done as best as she could. But like I said, it doesn't address the fact that they were able to get into the room, which they're not supposed to be able to do. And that the individuals they even acknowledge in this document here uh, from the special prosecuting attorney, even even in this document here where they acknowledge the key was a backup key, the individual who produced the backup key was not authorized to have one. And if you go back to the original bit with all of this, remember this, we only got the surveillance video of Rita Glenn going into the absentee ballot room because there was like six, seven, maybe even eight copies of the Republican key floating around. The Republican Party didn't authorize. And there were people who are not authorized by the Republican Party who had the key. And then we find out that Rita Glenn had a master key. She's not supposed to have a master key. We went over the law with everybody. Uh, There is no reason for her to have that. There's no reason for anybody else to have that. People who are just self-identifying as a representative of the other party, that's not good enough. The party themselves have designated representatives and backups. So even if the person who was supposed to be on scene wasn't there, there is a backup individual that, that apparently wasn't brought into the fray here. Um, so we've caught, we've talked about a lot of that before. We'll, we'll wait for the St. Joseph County Republican Party to issue their full statement. This is just breaking this afternoon. Um, so I've already reached out to them just to see if they have a statement on this, and I assume that they will release it as soon as they've crafted their, their statement, and uh, maybe we'll have somebody on uh, tomorrow talking about all of this. Not exactly sure, but that's the general crux that we have about all of this, at least at this point in time. So as soon as I know more, I will let you know. But as it stands right now, the former clerk in St. Joseph County will not face any criminal charges for going into the absentee ballot room. And that's where it is. So the Indiana State Police did not find any any evidence that would suggest that charges would be warranted there. But it didn't address the other issues um, at all, which still need to be addressed, frankly. Uh, So uh, people on the Discord server already saying what they need to say. And it's 21 pages. I'll put it in the daily show prep so you can read the full report. And the conclusion is only a paragraph. The conclusion doesn't give you any actual information. Uh, If it goes through, it has the interview with everybody who is involved in the the case. Uh, So you can go ahead and read through their statements to the police as well as, um, you know, what they, you know, alleged to have done, what she alleged to throw away that sort of thing. That's all right there in the document, so you can read it for yourself. Again, we'll put it at btmedia.news. That's btmedia.news in the daily show prep for today's show, immediately following the show today. Got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Casey Hendrickson, 95.3 MNC. This hour's business spotlight is on Prime Table Restaurant in... All right, what's your word? Exponentially. Exponentially. Uh, could you use that in a sentence? Well, corporate profit has been up over exponentially. No, it's exponentially. Come on, man. You can't spell that with a D. Anyway, I, I think it's legitimate, and I think it is... Uh, I, it's to, just to, wrong. To, 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 yeah. I, but no. I don't think anyone's ever said... No. They have it with an N right here in the dictionary. Because, uh, why why they do because that? that's how it's spelled. Look, I, I was... Anyway. Okay, let me put my pieces down. Advertise. Okay. Your turn, bud. Got a word for me? True and international average of pressure. That is also 
really not a word, Joe. Come on, man. No, you can't just make words up. No, words matter a lot. Exactly. And I got the point across. You're the only guys who didn't understand it. No, that is not a word. And what is that supposed to say? I was going to put him in a uh, foot... Mm-hmm. And that's a real word? Yes. That's a real word, Joe? Yes. What does it mean? You know... Okay, why don't you use it for me? So, like, for example, uh, America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was going to put him in uh, foot, foot... Try again. Kleptocracy. Yeah. What? Kleptocracy. The guys who are the kleptocracies. <laughs> okay, Joe, no. All right, so I put down the word advertising, right? Right. Right. Okay, and you put down the word bad a calf care. Yes, I'm going to win. <laughs> no, Joe, my point is you're writing gibberish and I'm putting down actual words. Stop your boast about never being seemed at what you, you, you can do anything. You're, you, you always... It's not a boast. I just have basic literacy. Do you? I should be able to read better, but I have never in my life done anything in approaching... A woman that Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Got to tell you about R&B Car Company. This is where we went to buy our last vehicle. So if you're looking to work with a great car dealership that has a huge selection that's going to go out of their way to really service their customers, then go to R&B Car Company, rbcarcompany.com, to take a look at their inventory at all of their dealerships. And again, schedule a test drive. For the vehicle that you want, it doesn't have to be one located at the dealership nearest you. Look at their full inventory. Schedule a test drive for the vehicle that you want. They'll make sure it gets down to the dealership that is closest to you so that way you can actually go ahead and take a look at it. It's a service that they provide for their customers. And again, this is one of the reasons that we went with them. I had been to R&B Car Company a couple of times and looked at vehicles in the past. Ultimately didn't buy. Last time, though, uh, we went back because we'd always been treated really well by them. Went back, did find the vehicle that uh, my wife wanted, and she made the purchase. It was a great experience. Highly recommend going to R&B Car Company. When you do go to R&B Car Company, please let them know that you're there because of this show. The FBI has apparently raided a, a shop in uh, New York City, down in Chinatown. Uh, this is apparently an operation that was being run by the Chinese Communist Party. And they're saying that it was a secret police operation by the Chinese Communist Party in New York. Interesting. The FBI raided a New York Chinatown building late last year in a mission to stop secretive CCP police force accused of collecting intelligence on Chinese immigrants and harassing those who oppose the dictator in China. An office with the, on the third floor of the six-story building that was raided, housed a Chinese outpost that, according to federal agents, was conducting police operations without jurisdiction or diplomatic approval from the United States. The FBI counterintelligence agents conducted the raid in conjunction with the U.S. Attorney's Office of Brooklyn as a way to stop Communist China's global efforts called Operation Fox Hunt to surveil its citizens and hunt down those who oppose the regime overseas and force them to go back to China. So... We had heard about stuff like this happening in the United States. We know that it's happening on college campuses and that college campuses uh, who get money from communist China <clears throat> through the various programs will often allow the Chinese to surveil uh, Chinese students when confronted with the fact that it was a police, uh, that it has police centers all around the world. Chinese Communist Party officials claim that these centers were 
not designed to spy on Chinese people overseas and crush dissidents, but rather officers were vol- where volunteers help people obtain things like a driver's license. So, not that's their claim. No, no, no. We're just we're helping our citizens get driver's licenses and stuff. <clears throat> that's what the consulate is for. You don't need these secret police operations. New York Times reported that numerous accounts from inside China show that Chinese officials bragged about how the country's overseas police service centers are effective. The New York Times also reported that many of these reports were deleted from China's Internet uh, not that long ago. Uh, It's actually worse in Europe, which makes perfect sense that it would be worse in Europe, but they've got them all over Europe. So if you happen to be from China and you happen to run into anything like this, um, well, you should probably report it to the authorities. It, It is illegal. They're not allowed to be conducting those operations here, but nonetheless, they have been. Speaking of the FBI, at least they're, you know, at least one division of the FBI is doing their job. There's a report that just came out that the FBI did, in fact, have investigative interest in the pro-abortion protests last summer outside of the homes of Supreme Court justices, uh, which we already know because it's a crime to do what those protesters were doing. It is illegal. We read you the U.S. Code. It's against the law. The fact that you had members of Congress out there saying, yeah, it's okay to go ahead and harass these justices at their home should honestly, it should be an impeachable offense. The fact that they're out there saying, yeah, they can go ahead and protest officers of the court. No, they can't. It's a crime. Schumer said it. Others said it. Pelosi said it. No, it's illegal. You can't do that. But they did. And the FBI acknowledged that they had investigative interest in investigating those individuals, specifically the threats that were being made. Remember, somebody did try to assassinate Supreme Court justices, and they were captured. Let's not forget that. But the FBI chose not to investigate those individuals. After somebody leaked the court's draft majority opinion in Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization on May 2nd, protesters demonstrated for months outside the Virginia residences of Justices Amy Coney Barrett, Samuel Alito, and Clarence Thomas and the Maryland homes of Chief Justice John Roberts and Justice Brett Kavanaugh. Just days after the leak of the draft opinion that ultimately would overturn Roe v. Wade in an abortion on demand, which, by the way, uh, Texas has released a report that overturning Roe v. Wade eliminated 99% of abortions in the state of Texas. That's a win. The FBI issued a report to multiple FBI field offices, Virginia State Police, and possibly other police departments highlighting news articles of interest. Several of the articles were about pro-abortion activists holding protests outside the homes of the Supreme Court's six conservative justices. I wouldn't call them six conservative justices, but I digress. After each news article listed in the FBI's May 12th report, acronyms indicate which FBI offices have jurisdiction and an investigative interest in each event. Now, the Daily Signal obtained the FBI report through a FOIA request to the Virginia State Police. So the Daily Signal had to go to the Virginia State Police and do a FOIA request just to get the FBI's document on this thing. Very clever way of going about it. The FBI normally doesn't release information to the public regarding items of investigative interest, indicating that Virginia State Police may have released the document to the Daily Signal in error. So the Daily Signal, again, pause, another applause. Bravo. You went to the Virginia State Police thinking that they would probably be more likely to give you the document that the FBI was not going to give you, and they did, probably by mistake. But nonetheless, 
we now have this information that the FBI did not want you to know. The report links to the Daily Mail story with the extended headline, because all of their headlines are extended, the left-wing firebrands backing protests at SCOTUS judges' houses. After the article, the FBI notes that WFO, BA, and multiple field offices. WFO is the Washington field office. BA means the Baltimore field office, and multiple field offices indicate news relevant to the work of many different offices. The article in the Daily Mail mentions the pro-abortion group Ruth Sent Us, which is a terrorist organization, by the way, that is a part of Antifa, which is another terrorist organization. So think of them just as a chapter or a unit of Antifa. Another article from The Hill on Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin's call for greater security at those homes of the justices is noted to be of interest to the FBI's Washington field office. That article also mentions Ruth sent us. Now, you should understand that Ruth sent us specifically threatened the justices. They threatened violence if Roe v. Wade was overturned. They actually defaced and vandalized pro-life organizations and offices. What the FOIA revealed is that there is an FBI investigative interest in these stories. Why else would the FBI highlight them as being relevant to the Washington field office, the Baltimore field office, and multiple other field offices? That is Roman Jankowski, Senior Investigative Counsel on the Heritage Foundation's Oversight uh, Project. He told the Daily Signal this. Unfortunately, regardless of the theoretical investigative interest in the political violence of such groups as Ruth Sent Us or Jane's Revenge, The FBI has demonstrated no interest in pursuing any investigative activity that targets any persons who are proponents for abortions. I may have, I may, just for the sake of argument here, I may have misrepresented Ruth sent us to uh, Jane's Revenge. Jane's Revenge might be the one that committed those other things that uh, Ruth sent us said. They might have both done it, but just in case I confuse them, um, firing from the hip there, I apologize. So, Again, um, 18 U.S.C. 1507, it it clearly states that it is against the law for you to do what these organizations were doing. You can do it. If I read it to you again, whoever with the intent of interfering with, obstructing, or impeding the administration of justice, or with the intent of influencing any judge, or with the intent of influencing any judge in the discharge of his duty, pickets or parades, in or near a building or residence occupied or used by such judge shall be fined under this title or imprisoned not more than one year or both. It is against the law for that to happen. And the fact you have members of Congress and members of the news media out there telling you that it was okay that they did this was wrong, period. Members of Congress should be removed from office for advocating illegal behavior designed to intimidate Officers of the court. Got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel, MNC News Time, 331. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that last a lifetime. This is Michio's. From the first step to the final phase, industrial and commercial electrical done right. Casey Hendrickson. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. I know that a lot of you have that New Year's resolution to go ahead and get back into shape or at least be a little bit healthier. Maybe some of you have a resolution to become an absolute monster and a beast. 
And here's the thing. Nutrition HQ can help you with all of that. Can you do it on your own? Yep, 100%. There's no doubt that if you just drink water and go to the gym, you will improve yourself dramatically. Here's the issue. Most people who make that resolution go back to the gym, work out too hard that first time, are sore for the rest of the week, and never go back to the gym. I can help you with that. All you have to do is go to Nutrition HQ. Get a pre-workout, get a post-workout, get some protein, get some stuff to help you. You know, you don't have to spend a ton of money. Ask them for some guidance. What's the thing that you're most concerned with? What are your goals? You know, are you concerned about being sore and not going back to the gym? A great post-workout is going to help with that muscle soreness. Then you're going to be able to go back to the gym. You're going to get into that routine, and you're going to have those results a lot quicker. You get a fat burner, again, results will be faster. Uh, You consume a high-quality protein, you're going to build more muscle and burn more fat faster than you would on your own. Uh, If you get a pre-workout, you're going to have the motivation and the energy to get through a workout and actually go work out. But I challenge anybody to take a good pre-workout and not go to the gym. Anyway, you want a pre-workout yet? You're going to the gym now. You on a pre-workout? She's not on a pre-workout yet, so she doesn't know. The moment you are, you will hop on. You'll be like, yep. (laughs) It's impossible. I've never known anybody to take a pre-workout and not go exercise, even if they're doing it on their own, even if they're just, like, doing work around the house and just moving all of their furniture around. It's impossible for you to not work out somehow, some way on a pre-workout. So, yes, you can do it on your own. Anybody who tells you otherwise is lying to you. What I'm telling you is your results will be better and faster, and you're probably going to be more likely to succeed if you have the right supplements. Go to Nutrition HQ, 5804 Grape Road, Mishawaka. Let them know I sent you. You get a discount just because you're a listener of this show. You can also shop online at nhqsb.com. Use promo code Casey20 at checkout to get that discount. And, you know, maybe you don't care about the gym. Care about any of it. You just want the best selection of energy drinks. Anywhere. Nutrition HQ. That's where you go. Don't go to the store. Don't go to the convenience store. Go to Nutrition HQ. You get the best energy drinks out there on the market. Period. End of story. All right. Let's uh, let's take a look at this. This is an interesting story. <clears throat> so an ex-Intel official has now admitted that they knew that the Hunter laptop was real. Yeah, we, we know that. We already know that you all knew. We know that the FBI was working with Twitter and other social media platforms to ban anything associated with the Hunter Biden laptop a year after they had already authenticated it. We already know that. But it's nice that somebody's actually saying it, right? Last summer, then-House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy said that House Republicans would demand answers from the 51 former intelligence agency officials who publicly disputed the Hunter Biden laptop story's Russian disinformation in a letter. A letter, which I cracked the microphone and opened the show with, how would any of them know they're former intelligence officials? They don't have clearance to see any of this. None of them had access to any of this information. It was just a letter of opinion, and they were all wrong. Well, or lying to you. The media widely cited that letter to discredit the laptop's contents before the 2020 election. Now that the House Republicans have regained the majority, at least one official is admitting that he knew the laptop was genuine. Douglas Wise, a former Defense Intelligence Agency deputy director, told the Australian, not the American, the Australian, 
that he knew a significant portion of the recovered Hunter Biden laptop files had to be real. I just knew it. They had to be real. Cool. Why'd you sign a letter saying that they weren't? Huh? All of us figured that a significant portion of that content had to be real to make any Russian disinformation credible. Oh. Did you put that in the letter? Did you put that in any of the interviews, the dozens and dozens of interviews that you individuals did to discredit this whole thing? Hmm? Joe Biden even cited the letter as proof the laptop was Russian disinformation. Of course, there never was any proof that it was Russian disinformation. It was all a lie. It was all a ruse, and people fell for it. The laptop was entirely genuine. There was never any evidence that it was Russian disinformation. Several media outlets confirmed its authenticity after the 2020 election, including the New York Times, even though the original letter included a brief disclaimer that the officials did not know definitively. Whether the emails on the laptop are genuine, the letter explicitly cited their collective experience as justification to discredit the laptop's contents. You see, now what's happening is these individuals are getting pulled onto shows or getting interviewed by real journalists who are like, you lied to everybody. And they go, no, 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 we didn't lie. We added a little disclaimer right there. See, a little disclaimer right, right there. It's almost like the cigarette companies saying you can't blame us for cancer we told you we'd give you cancer and there isn't a single leftist in this country who wouldn't allow you to sue the cigarette companies but they're going out there no no we gave you a disclaimer that we didn't know that's not how you presented it you presented it as your collective experience and your expertise that this is russian disinformation and that this is not true and you told everybody about that long after we already knew it was authenticated anyway And the FBI went to social media and had social media squelch the story, even though the FBI had already authenticated it and didn't tell anybody publicly that it was real. The same FBI that told agents to stand down and not investigate Hunter Biden, uh, his illegally thrown away firearm, his illegally obtained firearm that was then illegally thrown into a trash can. Did you catch the uh, story this weekend that, Hunter Biden is actively trying to prevent his his uh, child from taking his surname. The mother who has been completely disavowed by the entire Biden family and the grandchild that the Biden family doesn't acknowledge exists. She wants her child to have the last name Biden and and Hunter Biden has gone to court to fight her so that she can't do that. It's his kid. There is DNA proof that it's his kid. So you had a kid with somebody that you're not happy with. Or it was an accident or whatever. Welcome to adulting, Hunter. Claim your kid. I mean, the kid's probably better off without you and the entire Biden family, but nonetheless. Got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Casey Hendricks on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel, your breaking news and weather station. Now I got to tell you about Impress Jewelry Creations. Uh, if you're looking to pop the question, you can go to Impress Jewelry Creations, get yourself a truly unique engagement ring. Or if you're a modern day woman, you can get yourself an engagement ring too. For the guys, pop the question to the dude. And they have an amazing selection of these things. Plus, you can get them custom engraved and get unique designs. If you have a family stone that you want to pass down, 
and or is being passed down to you, I should say, and you want to hand that to your significant other to propose to them or to put in the wedding band or what have you, Impress Jewelry Creations can help modernize that design, transfer that stone into a new design, or maybe even cut it in a way that will make it glimmer and shine brighter than it ever has. They do so many great custom things over there at Impress Jewelry Creations that nobody else can do, and they do it all in-house. Go to ImpressJewelers.com. Take a look at their inventory. They've got jewelry for all price points, all the way from people who are just starting out in life to people who have lots of money and are looking for collector heirloom items. They have everything in between. Impress Jewelry Creations is located at University Plaza in Granger, Indiana, right next to C. Kramer Interiors. Do me a favor. Please let Impress Jewelry Creations know that I sent you. There's a new peer-reviewed study just came out. It shows that 17% of teenagers had heart symptoms after the second Pfizer vaccine. Isn't that nice? Peer-reviewed. I'll put in the daily show prep for everybody today so you can go take a look at it. Since the news media ain't going to tell you about it. Um, but, yeah, pretty significant pretty significant uh, portion of young people. And we've had more young people just this past weekend die suddenly. It's unfortunate, sad. Hopefully, one day, everybody will start to learn the truth. But 17% of teenagers had heart symptoms after the second Pfizer injection. Go to btmedia.news. We'll have the Rita Glenn documents and tons more. Everything we discussed on today's show will be in the daily show prep under today. While you're there, sign up for the newsletter and sign up for the social network as well. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a wonderful night. Oh, wait, I'm 10 seconds early. <laughs> Bill O'Reilly's going to come on. He's going to tell you some stuff that I told you last week, and it won't be nearly as entertaining. So we'll see you tomorrow. Bill O'Reilly here. The O'Reilly.